the dude and today is episode 500 of wow. this show our quincentenary quincentenary quincent quin something like that i don't know well 500 500 it seems like yesterday i signed remember when i stood up and i, and I took out yeah, chad's a, name and signed the you had dude to sign your own name seemed on like there. yesterday Take ownership seems like mark yesterday. your territory well not, not only can i not believe <laughs> we've made it this far i can't believe the audience has either like are we they the same people it's bigger. It grows all the time, and it's amazing. And thank you guys so much, because this is our dream right here, doing this, doing yeah. this show. And reflecting on 500 episodes is amazing. But also, buddy, you've been with me for 360 of them, so I have a little gift for you. I know you're, oh, Wait, you got me a gift for yeah, 360 years? Yeah, I know you're a little fascinated with Mr. Bigfoot over here. So. <laughs> got you a little Bigfoot. I was, that is awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you where I got that from in a minute, because we have some special guests Woo. right over here. My family. Come on, Jess, Ronan, and Sebastian, my kids. Let's put the kids up here. They've come by the studio. They haven't oh, been able yeah. to. Come on up here. Come by. This is Ronan. Ronan, come on to my seat, Sebastian. The dude will get you up there. Oh, look, he's got a new Edge truck, too. Thank you, Edge, for sending a box of these, by the way. Oh, they, come in, uh, they come in handy when the kids go by. Ooh. Ronan, say hi to everybody. Hi. Say hello. Hi. And you're Sebastian, right? Hello. Uh -huh. And that's my wife, Jess. It's our ninth anniversary today. Awesome stuff. So that's why they came by the studio and also celebrate episode 500 with us. Tanner yay. in the back hills, yay. Yeah, happy 500, guys. Yeah, thank you. Point thank you feet. so much. Thank you so much. So we all went to someplace cool yesterday. Like, F3 is coming up. You guys are all going to be coming out to Chattanooga, November 1st 300. to 3rd. Well, it, three. it was 300, not 500. Well, he has, his, he has Sebastian the Truck, his own podcast that oh, he, does he does at home. And he's on about episode four of that, right, Sebastian? Actually, episode six. Episode six. Wow. wow. Oh, wow. Bad dad over here. He's episode six. He's doing an awesome job. I'll have to, obviously, I'm behind. I'll have to catch up. Yeah. So, yesterday we went out to Ruby Falls. We got some family in town. I know you are all coming out here at Chattanooga. And one thing I've been saying a ton of times on the show is give yourself an extra day or two to enjoy it with your families, especially at F3. F3 is more, like a lot of conferences these days, Michael Vincent. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, yeah. um, my dad would go out to conferences and the family could come. Like we went out to Hawaii and stuff. Oh, sure. Nowadays, sure. they're so all-encompassing. It's like you get there at 7 in the morning, you're there until 9. This is a different one. This one, you're at the event only until 3.30. Right. And then at 3.30, that's when all the fun begins. That's when the real, actual next part of the festival begins, which is what many of us go there for, is the networking. Why I say that is you can bring your family out here, and you can go to awesome places, or even if you don't, come a day or two early and go check out a place like Ruby Falls. Check out this waterfall they got in there. It's absolutely This place is amazing. You go down that elevator and then you got to walk through all, uh, you know, all the, yeah, it's pretty Oh, wild. you're like 420 feet or something under the crust of the earth? Yeah, it was the they height of the They put a haunted house in there, too. Did you know that? Are they doing the haunted house in there this year? They are doing a haunted house at a location near there. Oh, it's, don't, yeah. so it's not in it anymore. It is They're not in it, it anymore. Gotcha. Um, one other cool thing I learned when we were there in this little Chattanooga fact, and you can drop this history on people and think you're a local, is show this picture right there. This is on the observation deck. No, not that one. The one about Babe Ruth on the observation deck. So when you're at, yeah, there, there we go. It is. There it so is. they're talking about the celebrity guests that have come there before. And uh, this is pretty cool. So the Yankees were in town. What was the date on this, Michael? Vince, the Yankees were in town on April, April 2nd, 2nd yeah. 1931. The New York right. Yankees, they were doing an exhibition game against the Chattanooga. I have my own at. computer. He does have his, his own computer. computer over here. He got one for Prime Day. By the way, it's Prime Sweet. Day again. I didn't even know that. 
Um, anyway, so the Yankees come into town and they do this big exhibition game. And there's an 18-year-old girl by the name of Jackie Mitchell. Right. Comes up to the plate and in seven pitches, she struck out the gentleman in this photograph. She struck out Lou Gehrig and the babe. Yeah. Well, yeah, the babe in four. And then Lou Gehrig in three pitches right afterwards. So, yeah, murder's row. She took him down. Murder's row. And, you know, there's been some conspiracy. Was it just publicity? Was it to try to get women into the sport? It was during the Depression. They weren't selling tickets. However, to this day, well, until their death, Gehrig, Mitchell, and the babe, they all say that, uh, no, it was legit. They went up there, and her off-speed pitches caught him off guard, and that was it. Yeah, there's not not a single. She, she took it to her grave as this was true. This happened, and she even said, hey, listen, I struck out better batters. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Does you got any advice for people coming out to Chattanooga? Check out the sculpture fields. I have fields. Amos on my computer. Oh, cool. He does. Yeah. Awesome. Check out the sculpture fields. Sculpture fields at Montague Park. It's a low-key uh, field. Ginormous field with ginormous sculptures. Um, it's beautiful. Nice, nice walk around. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you guys for stopping by, checking out what I do for work. I have and, uh, every app on my computer. Making it to 500. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Happy 500. Here, let me help you down. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. There you go. You're off okay? What a good time. Awesome stuff, man. Yeah, it was. Beautiful family. Awesome stuff. Sebastian's very proud of his computer. He's very proud of his computer. And obviously, you know, Chattanooga come out here. Great history, great scenery, all that stuff. Let's tip the band, though. Fleets today cannot waste time waiting for fully driverless technology. Locomation's autonomous relay convoy systems are safe, legal, and profitable with no federal regulations holding us back. Join Locomation's fastest path to commercial deployment at scale across the U.S. To learn more, tell them, dude. Hey, visit locomation.ai forward slash no barriers immediately after the show. You know, we missed this person last week, but now she's here back with us. It's Rachel Premack, editorial director at Freightways. Rachel, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to be on episode 500. That's crazy. Your plant right. got smaller. It's not her oh. plant. Um, well, I don't know what to say. It hasn't gotten smaller. I think it's just the lighting's a little weird. But um, I'm trying my best to be better at plants, but still learning the lingo. I'm no Justin. I'm no super trucker, but maybe someday. Oh. Yeah, I wanted some carnivorous plants. I don't know if you have any, like, Venus flytraps or anything like that, Michael Vincent, but... Um, I don't. You can't find them in stores around here, and I, he knows, like, all the online sellers and, like, black market dealers of plants. If you ever need stuff like that, go to <laughs> Justin. He'll be on later in the show. Really? No, he knows. He knows where to get that stuff. Yeah, I couldn't believe... I didn't know he was such a botanist. I, I have, like, a million banana trees in my backyard. Oh, wow. I planted, like, three, like, four years ago, and they just keep going and growing and growing. Like, crazy. No. Unbelievable. They keep growing, Chattanooga? Yeah, they do. They grow all summer long. Uh, you, you should take them in. I don't. I just crop them down. They come back every year. They get to be about 19 feet tall every summer. They grow about that oh much every summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rachel, in the dark ages prior to what the truck, there was just very boring PR freight media, Ooh. in my opinion, Ooh. in the dark ages before freight waves. How do you think that podcasting and TV have transformed freight media? Yeah, I think. I think, you know, it's made it just a lot more easier to interact with uh, the industry, to learn more about the industry, uh, because there there are still, you know, lots of like Gen Zs and millennials and even, even Gen Xers, uh, you know, entering the trucking industry. They might not know everything about how this industry works. They might not know, you know, they might not have like a family member or, you know, a trusted mentor to reach out to necessarily. 
So being able to like hop on and watch, you know, what the truck or Freightonomics or any of the other great kind of shows or podcasts that Freight Waves has, as well as, you know, podcasts and shows outside of the Freight Waves uh, universe, there's just, it's just a little easier. It's more fun. It's more engaging. You can just really get to know the people of the industry and you can get to know the industry itself because you can read facts and data and figures all day, but until you can really connect all of that with the people who are involved, it, it doesn't quite, it really brings it to life to have that. It really does. And does, it does it not like it, it pulls back that curtain, right? So to speak is what you're talking about. It pulls back that per- curtain and lets people see into the world of, of freight, but there's positive impacts on both sides, right? I mean, seeing what's going on in freight industry is really important to understanding what's going on in the world. Well, uh, well, I'll tell you one of the reasons I started my independent show was um, I had gotten fired from that job. And there was there's at least in the northeast market, but it's probably all of these markets. There's a lot of gatekeeping or there was a lot of gatekeeping. It was very hard to get your voice heard unless you were able to be in the conference scene. And like in New England, that was connect. But the problem with the conference scene, especially in New England, was every single event was the same exact speakers. And they got Uh, older and older on stage. And I got older and older in my seat, getting angrier and angrier and thinking of more and more (laughs) ways to get my ass up there. But then I had a better idea. You did have a better idea. idea. I mean, even, you know, the modes newsletter, being able to write that and kind of, you know, be able to write in a more like, personality exposing exposing is not the right word but more more in a way that like shows my personality instead of just like you know writing the uh you know straightforward kind of news and there's a lot of newsletters and pieces from freight waves that also do that just kind of like show the person's personality um and i think it's really great because it does let you kind of make a name for yourself without having to you know break into you know the sort of like old boys network or or what have you that it isn't every industry, but, you know, freight especially, there are so many kind of family connections there. So to be able to express your personality, whether that is through a podcast or a TV show or a newsletter or your Twitter or LinkedIn or what have you, it's a really great um, tool to really break into the industry for sure. Now, speaking of news, that's the other important part of this. One of those recipes is introducing all these new and great people to you out here and putting life to the news. But there's a couple stories up on Freight Waves that are really interesting. One of them is, uh, I believe it was in your latest modes, it was talking about inventory. And I know we've all heard about inventory. We've talked about it a bunch on the show. But it seems like as we move towards Christmas, we're starting to get a better understanding of the scope of these inventory issues. Where are we at right now with that? Yeah, so it was definitely something that came up in May or June, I believe, of this year that Target in particular had way overstocked. They had too much stuff and not enough sales. And I think people kind of thought that would maybe go away or get better, but it seems to really only have gotten more pronounced as the as the months have gone by. The kind of interesting uh, piece of the inventory question isn't so much that, um, you know, there is too much stuff, but it's that it's the wrong kind of stuff. So let's say uh, you're a retailer that needed uh, Easter decorations and Easter baskets in for February or March. February would be a little early, but let's say you needed those 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 decorations in for March. Yeah. They came in June instead. Now you have all this. No, I got it. But, but Rachel, like, where are they at right now? We know the backstory. Jeez, Rachel, don't bore yeah, no, no, exactly. Where are we at now? 
So, but that is where we're at right now. A lot of the detail is still stuff that they don't need and can't use they, and can't sell. No, I get that, Rachel. True. So what are they going to do yeah. about that? Do they skip a season in order to correct this? Or, or what, am I going to walk into big lots and be able to buy like Easter baskets? Or are they sitting on them? We're just going to get last year's crap and nobody buys anything this year. Is there a, is there this pull out of all the water out of the bay uh, because, because of this? Yeah. So what happens now is that, you know, some retailers are obviously holding on to things that are just completely seasonally wrong, such as those Easter baskets. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is just massive markdown. So we're still seeing, you know, your air fryers, your microwaves, your TV, your apparel, all of these things are seeing really incredible markdowns. And it's, uh, you know, Morgan Stanley put out this big report on inventory earlier this week that really called it a race to the bottom in terms of mm. trying to clear out as much as possible. Yeah, like, who, do you have an example of the companies? I know in your article, I just don't know them off the top of my head. There were some examples of actual sort of like hard numbers on this. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So uh, the kind of the industry wide uh, view of this is that there's a 19 percent mismatch between uh, inventory levels and sales. And that's just sort of throughout all goods, uh, industries in like the retail exposed, consumer exposed goods business as morgan stanley describes it so that's that's uh one of the big hard numbers the other one is that there is we're seeing like a 12-year low in terms of morgan stanley's shipper survey uh looking at uh how how many uh you know inbound orders and plans to order more inventory so we're seeing record lows of how much retailers want to even order in terms of like just you know, inbound orders and truckloads that we're seeing. And that really means that uh, the peak season that most transporters and trucking companies particularly depend on, we might, we just might not see that this year. Wow. It's interesting. You know, I've noticed some of the people on like LinkedIn who were like, ah, you know, what are they talking about? Fear, fear. (laughs) All of a sudden they turned around because they read it in some, like, oh, okay. I read it in this paywall site. Uh, There it is. A lot of those people are just parrots. I don't like parrots. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> uh rachel uh before True, i let you go one other i just want to tease this article but the biden administration is ab5 going nationwide is, is that what biden's doing to us now no so right now there's a proposed rule that says that basically uh we, we had this you know federal labor standards act or fair labor standards act passed in the late 30s that says that organizations need to pay minimum wage and overtime but there are so many independent contractors nowadays, you know, with Lyft drivers or Uber drivers or owner operators that uh, organizations can just not have to pay those people overtime or minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a look to try to push that. And it's interesting because during the Obama administration, we did have a very similar rule to what um, the Biden administration is proposing right now. What interests me is that it's just really hard to enforce these rules because it's not as if, you know, between 2008 and 2016 that we had no owner operators or no Lyft drivers or no Uber drivers. You know, looking specifically at trucking, there's more than 200,000 trucking companies. So to try to go to each and every one of them and say, oh, you need to be paying your owner operators this amount of money for this time of work. It's I, I would be interested to see if they are going to figure out a way to enforce this because it does seem like a challenging task. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm, you, we have a great guest on that's going to be on in a couple of minutes. I, they'll, I, I can't wait to ask them 
uh, question about that one, yeah. Michael Vincent. But there's a full story on it on FreightWaves.com. Go subscribe to Modes. It's Rachel's newsletter. I'll subscribe to the What the Truck newsletter while you're at it. Uh, thank you for joining us for episode 500. We appreciate it, Rachel. Yeah, thanks so much. We thanks, Rachel. She you. got away with no stupid question. She got because it's episode 500. Uh, I didn't want to ruin it. I wanted. Uh, I was going to ask her how you say the 500 anniversary. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin it with a bad Maybe with a bad knows. answer. <laughs> Here's a couple facts, and then we'll show you a video uh, looking back and a little bit behind the scenes. But what the truck? You might be wondering why there's 18 on these shirts. By the way, thank you so much to Charles Gracie, uh, front hot seat, seat services, hot seat services, and cents per mile. Their new podcast yeah. launched a new podcast. They saw the Godfather's up here. They wanted to kiss the ring, and they made us some shirts. And you know what? I appreciate it. These are bad. These are legit, dude. These are legit. Totally the ring is stitched. here for kissing. There's no printing on this. All stitched, man. <laughs> no, but I like it. I, these shirts are fantastic. It's got my name on the back. He's got his name on the back. But anyways, this show started March 9, 2018. It was launched at the time by Chad Prevost and John Paul Hampstead. That's right. I got here in April 2019. Episode 65, JP left. I joined the team. Uh, we've been riding along from that March 2020 around episode 160. You joined the show. You've been here for the last 340. I can't believe it. This show helped launch Freight Waves TV. We were the launch show on there in September of 2019. Originally started out one day a week, moved to two, and eventually expanded to three. It's a top 20 business news show on Apple Podcasts and also the top show on Freight Waves TV. Yeah. I think we yeah, planned yeah. 500 more. But what goes into making it? Let's take a look. Quite a few times. 50 times? More. 100 times? More. 200 times? More. 500 times? Probably. Oh, yeah, like the, like the big board table, we should sit across. Like you sit at one end, I sit at the far end. Go to the Murphy. Yell at each other across the room. Good. Actually, <laughs> we gotta go. I was looking over there. That's why I was looking over there. I think what the truck is, it's the tent pole. It's kind of the granddaddy of them all. It's one of those things where it's the hype beast. It brings it over. And so it's super important for Freight Waves because it's turned into this brand, this opportunity, and it kind of brings fun to trucking because trucking's not very fun. Will I be able to go to Mars by the time I'm my dad's age? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, I don't think it's what spells, but it's some little like sculpture art in the middle of the square. to truck it i'm dooner here with michael vincent the dude i was kind of laid up over the weekend and yeah. into monday and into sure. yesterday i don't know if i was sick so much as i just had like this really bad pressure like in the back of my head like, yeah my head if i laid down it felt awful it was right behind my eye but yeah it has the same thing two days i'll go ahead and get you moved over to the virtual studio all that dooner and the dude now you're ready i feel like i'd rather be at home throwing up my guts instead of watching go to a retail all right, welcome to the welcome to what the truck. I'm Dooner. That's the dude. Big deal, little deal. 
the moon rock collection you're always trying to impress us all with? Yeah. That you have? They're already pushing Christmas stuff to you. And they already were in September. They're like, we yeah. have to get rid of these gigantic I think if Freight Waves were one big family, which in so many ways we are, I think what the truck would be the older brother that, you know, picks on the younger siblings, but if anybody else picked on them, they'd have their back. Um, what the truck is like, the person everybody likes, even if they kind of hate them, they still love them for some reason. <laughs> they're the fun of the office and I don't know, they're the, they're the creative fun guys that you can be serious with, but also just mess around with. You use leverage and power against them. So what you would do is take your right hand and you would hold against his wrist, and then you would step back and push your butt into his torso, thereby knocking him off, and then you could either flip him over or turn him out, and then you can free him, and then you can free him. What would your gimmick be if you were a pro wrestler? My gimmick be if I was a pro wrestler? Yeah. I have no idea. That is an awful question. This is a great question. The ratio is 100 to 100. Oh. Exponential growth in both the amount of peanut butter and the amount of jelly. <laughs> you could just, just squeeze the, you know, the jelly in your mouth and just <laughs> oh. like have a- Low carb. That's maybe my preference kind You're of You're low thing, carb, but... going low carb. Who needed the? Thank you. The next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane, dude. You think that's good advice? Next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can convince him to do it. <laughs> it could be worse, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I've never tried it. I can't, I can't. I can't Sydney was right, too. We do more deny. Huh? Sydney was right. We do have some haters, you know? But we got a lot of lovers, too. Can't have one you, the you haven't made it unless you got a hater. Need haters. Need haters you out there. Hater. No, it's not a hater. Michael Nelms and Latasha Bradley no, with Keep Trucking no, Transportation. No. They aren't haters at all. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming down to the studio today. Hey, how are you? All right. Thanks for having us. You guys are doing fantastic. Where are you coming up here from? From Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. How was the traffic? Uh, when we, when we, as long as we got to, to Tennessee, it kind of backed up on us a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah, yeah, it get, yeah. Right there at the split, it gets gets pretty bad. Like all the all the traffic from south to north goes right through that one little interchange right there on seventy five, which gets a little crazy. Absolutely. So, uh, hey guys, let's let's talk about keep trucking transportation. Yeah. I'm reading about what you guys do there, and Michael, you've got a really interesting story. And w how did you get into this? And tell us what it, it does, because you, you read keep trucking transportation, you think, oh, I'm booking loads and I'm carrying freight. But you're a mentor and helping others get their businesses started and running those as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, my name is Mike Nails. I'm the CEO of Keep Trucking Transportation. Howard University graduate. We specialize in leasing on both owners as well as owner operators. Wow. So, hey, you know, it's interesting. We were just talking to Rachel Premack and a big topic that's been coming up this year is classification in California with AB5 and now talking about reclassifying, reclassifying employees nationwide. Let's start there in truck training. How important is it? Like when you're working with these business owners, you're trying to set them up for success. Did they understand some of the fundamentals and regulations that are coming down the pike? Well, well, definitely um, important. I think that, um, you know, a lot of times when, when people seek mentorship or guidance, um, the first thing I do is tell them you have to you have to hire a, a, a compliance team. Um, and I think that um, a lot of times, you know, trucks 
trucking companies kind of fail a little bit because they don't they're, they're not in the know um and and again you know they don't know how to stay compliant uh, or they just don't know the importance of being compliant um, a lot of times that when we're dealing with trucking companies it, they're brand new um and so um it's definitely important um, it's definitely important excellent stuff so latasha let's hear your story give us a little bit of your background and what you're doing there Yes, I am the Fleet Operations Manager for Keep Truck and Transportation. I am the one that the owners will come to and get their paperwork done to get leased on. I will also help facilitate with finding them a driver. Um, I onboard their drivers for them as well. Um, I assist with pretty much everything. Um, I have a staff behind me as well that I um, manage my dispatchers and an admin, and I, I run everything. But one of your taglines is we find a solution for a problem before it exists. And hey, in supply chain, that's incredibly important. You got to figure out where the mm -hmm. bolts are before they fall mm -hmm. off when they're rattling. Tell us a little bit about what that statement means to you, though, Mike. Can you repeat that? I couldn't hear you. It's that uh, we find a solution for a problem before it exists. OK, yeah. So so a lot of times, I mean, listen, when people get into trucking, they don't realize exactly how intricate it is. And, um, and I think, you know, like, so I, I always say we find a problem for a solution before it exists. You got to be you got to be proactive in this industry. Um, you know, if you are if you're waiting for a breakdown to come and figure out how to get it resolved, then you're definitely behind the eight bar. So um, I think I think as we mentor people, we kind of educate them on what could possibly happen. Um, obviously, you have things like the uh, like like the freight rates are pretty low. Mm. The fuel rates are extremely high. And sometimes, you know, people say well, we just couldn't plan for it. Well, the, the whole concept is to pivot before you're forced to pivot. So instead of just focus on buying trucks and trailers, you know, focus on buying trailers you can actually rent and, and bringing some of that residual income from renting out those trailers or, or even learning how to provide dispatch training classes. So there, there's a lot of different nuances in trucking that you can actually tap into to increase your, your, your multiple streams of revenue as opposed to just relying on, you know, one or two trucks and trailers to, to keep your fleet afloat. Yeah. So, Michael, what is the what is the the uh, advice you were giving to the people, your your mentorees, I guess, over the last couple of years when it was, it was just booming like crazy? You couldn't fall down without making a ton of money to be able to make it through. Now we're looking at, you know, trucking winter upon us. It's just to reinvest. I mean, I, I, I see a lot of times people don't understand, like when you when you were and you're right, a few years ago, it was booming. It was a lot of money that was just pretty much left on the table. And I think it, it was so important then to reinvest. So that times like now, you know, you can still stay afloat and sustain. Um, and I think that's probably the, the, the best advice. You know, I always tell people, make sure that you have six months of savings. If, you, if your payroll is 4000 a month, then make sure that you have six times that amount. So that when times like now come, you're not, you're not scrambling trying to figure out a way to stay afloat. Hmm. Excellent advice. That, that, well, what do you think of the, the market right now? You're a participant. You're entering it right now. Is now a better time? to come in while the market's going down than coming in when rates are like near $4 a mile and people have very unrealistic expectations about what they can do with their business? I answer it. Well, go ahead. I mean, at this point to me, I believe this is the best time to come in. Um, the rates are not, the rates are a little bit better. Um, they're not the best um, that we've seen before, but I think this is the best time to get in because equipment, um, it's not as much as it used to be. It was before what, the last six months, you're looking at $70,000, $80,000 for, you know, a, maybe a 2015, 16 Freightliner Cascadia. Um, now the rates are a little bit, they're a little bit less. So you're looking at maybe still about 50000 maybe maybe 40000 if you could catch, catch one at that price range. But 
I think this is the best time. Equipment is a lot lower. Um, trailers are lower um, as far as like when you're try trying to purchase them. So this is the best time to, in my opinion, to get in. What do you think? Mike, what's the telltale sign that they shouldn't get in? You know, not everyone is cut out for this business and some people can find out the hard way and it can cost them a lot of money. Have you, when you're talking to someone and you identify that, what is it that stands out where you're like, you know what, I, are you sure you really want to do this? I think, I think when their finances are not in order, right? When I, when I hear someone say, hey, Mike, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go get one truck. I'm like, this is definitely <laughs> not the time to do that, right? So I think it's important that, um, so even when people come to me and they say, hey, I need a consultation. The first thing I do is I dig into their finances, right? Can you afford uh, an engine overhaul, right? Can you, can you afford with one truck with no other stream of income to, to be able to cover um, you know, your, your, your driver's payroll, your insurance, your fuel, and then your household um, income, right? So, um, so I think finances is, is, is the number one thing. When someone comes to me and say, man, I can get, I heard I can make $10,000 a week off a, off a drive-in, I'm like, where? Because that, that doesn't happen typically unless you're on a, a dedicated land or you have a government contract. And even then it's, it's, it's slim picking. So um, I think um, finances is always going to be the first thing that we look at. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are getting into the trucking industry. And I think it's just because of the boom of social media. Um, but the educational piece goes behind it. You know, I'm always asking what training classes have you taken? Um, you know, what what are, are you looking at a freight waves? Are you paying attention to what's really going on in the industry before you start to invest in, in something with, again, with one truck and no trailer? Right. So I think the education piece goes hand in hand with um, with the funding. Well, that's the thing, especially with how volatile markets have been. Mm -hmm. If you've been in trucking, it's always been pretty volatile, but it's been a roller coaster recently. And like, that's why it's imperative because it, it, there's not just, I mean, there's fundamentals to trucking, but understanding the market is very important. And I'm not even saying trying to predict the market, just understanding the market you're in. A lot of people don't even get that. They'll get a truck and they'll be like, oh, you know, I saw on Facebook, this guy was flexing and he was making $6 a mile pulling this one specialized load. It's like, yeah, you know what you're doing though? You're being very selective in the information you're intaking because you're, you're going over all the other posts that people are like, look, they're offering 99 cents a mile yeah, out of, you know, exactly out right. of Miami right now. And I'm dying out here. Right. Uh, you got to be mindful on both ends because social media cuts in uh, both directions. Guys, people who want to work with you, they want more information. They want to get started in trucking right now. They don't know what to do or they're in trucking and they're stuck. They don't know how to get to the next level. Where do I send them to? Well, come here, come here. I think it's important that um that, that you have a mentor. Obviously, um, it's important that you that, that you attach yourself with someone who has a pretty solid team. We have a team of I think thirty four people now, and everybody has a role to play, and everyone plays it well. Um, I think it's important that you do uh, that you do align yourself with with someone who is well versed in the industry and is knowledgeable and has some a little bit of longevity in it. Very cool. And people Absolutely. who want to reach out with you, they want to connect with you, where do we send them to? Uh, KeepTruckingTransportation.com. You can reach us there. You can leave a message. You can also follow us on Instagram at MaddieDaddyTime. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we respond to all our DMs there as well. Man, I love it. I love it. Now you're the only Keep Trucking, too. So you got that going for you. Good stuff, man. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming by. Don't be a stranger. We definitely have to have you back on sometime. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Um, Really cool. I love hearing the stories of the trucking companies that are building out, especially out here in the Southeast. If you're doing that kind of work, you're building your business, reach out to your boy right here. Absolutely. See if we can get you on. Now let's tip the band. Let's see here. Ooh. XBO is driven 
to put your freight first. With coverage in 99% of U.S. zip codes, as well as key routes in Mexico and Canada, XP will help you get your shipments where they need to go, on time and damage-free. All fine-tuned by over 35 years of world-class LTL experience. Learn more. Tell them, dude. Hey, go to ltl-solutions.xbo.com. Right All right. Show. Let's take a look back at an old ad here, and then the Freight Waves TV team is going to come on up, oh, and uh, they'll jump in those chairs, and we'll have a conversation with them. Let's hear uh, It's 2 o'clock. Is it 2 o'clock? 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 What? Is it 2 o'clock? What? Is it 2 o'clock? What's it 2 o'clock? Is it 2 o'clock? What the Truck is now live at 2 o'clock on FreightWave social channels on Mondays and the FreightWave TV app. Download it now. So very started nice. to tell. That was 2019. We just got on uh, FreightWave TV. At the time, FreightWave TV was like two people, right? Yeah. So there was no one to cut ads. Yeah, we had a GoPro. Two yeah. people in a GoPro. <laughs> and I, I remember I was like, uh, Emily, we got anyone available to cut an ad? And she's like, oh, they're all like cutting like virtual event document, like videos yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I was like, all right. Let me start running around the office just screaming at people without telling them. <laughs> they ended up in the uh, in the video over here. You you're pretty new here too, so that wasn't odd for us to. See that wasn't odd at all. <laughs> now, speaking of Freight Waves TV, we got uh, at least one of these gentlemen in the chair. Out there. Another Who's one had Isaiah's out here. It's our it's Isaiah. If you watch social media roundabout on Freight Waves now, you've seen this gentleman before. And if you listen to Freight Waves podcasts, you've heard Fraser Good Games work before. I think y'all. Well, y'all saw him in the potato salad eating competition too, right, Fraser? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's out. right. That's Did you right. vote for me in that one? I don't think uh, so. I think I think I voted for Vincent. Whoever yeah. had the hot sauce, that's that what I voted for. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, introduce you. Isaiah, where do you come to us from? So I came here from a new station here in Chattanooga. I worked there for about three years before making the jump over here to Freight Waves. Um, really enjoyed being over here, man. The the environment here is it's amazing. Oh, wow. All right. We didn't even pay him to say that. But the, one of the reasons I have you guys up here is this show is 500 episodes. We don't, it wouldn't be 500 episodes, especially on TV, if it wasn't for the Freight Waves TV team. And not just any Freight Waves TV team, because we've had other Freight Waves TV teams. But the current one that we've had for about the past year has been effing dynamite. I want to give oh, yeah. all of you guys Absolutely. in the back a lot of, a lot of awesome. cheering in the back in my ear right now. You guys are great. It's now, Frazier... Tell us a little bit, too. Where, where's your audio background? You were kind of sooner out of school, weren't you, when you came over here? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had the lucky opportunity to graduate from Middle Tennessee State in May of 2020 in the pandemic. Uh, I was working in the live sound industry at the time, building stages in Nashville here and there. Uh, and so all, obviously all that work fell apart. Moved back here to Chattanooga, checked LinkedIn one day, saw an audio engineer position, took my shot, and Luckily, ended up here. Never had any experience in TV or podcast, but it's been super awesome to learn and super awesome to hang out with everyone. Well, I'm on the the feed, we collaborate on all the time. The Freightcast feed. That one right. is just about to hit two million downloads. There's, we've produced thousands of episodes that have gone there. A lot of them stripped from TV. So it's the work of an entire collective team here that gets it all done. It's uh, it's great stuff. Now, now tell me something, Isaiah. What is uh, what's the biggest thing that has surprised you since you've been here, though? Because you don't come from a supply chain background, so you got here and you're like, what is this crap? You know, like what what surprised you? I guess it's more of the behind the scenes work because when I was at the news station, I did more writing. I was a producer, so I would write scripts, organize the way in which stories would work. So just seeing a lot of the behind the scenes work and how everything 
comes together to actually put the product out there for people to see and hear. Cool. It is very cool. So, Fraser, when you guys are back there, and I come back and visit you guys every once in a while back there and see what's going on in the control room, are you guys paying attention to the show, or what's the work like back there? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm paying attention as much to the content of the yeah. show. I'm yeah. more paying attention to, like, the audio and stuff like that and different camera angles, making sure everyone sounds good, looks good, all that. Uh, definitely, it kind of depends on the guest if I'll tune into other stuff. But, you know, half the time I'm working on other podcasts in the background and all that, too. So it's kind of it's like a little bit of a multitasking thing as we're doing our shows. Man, that's very commendable, your ability to, to multitask. I say, what's the worst thing on wa- wa- working on an awful show like What the Truck? There are some guests that, like, people who aren't tech-savvy at all, and they don't know how to, like I said, they're not tech-savvy, so they don't really know how to use equipment at all or use a camera or a laptop to be able to log on and, like, trying to walk them through the process of what they need to do. It can be uh, frustrating sometimes. You're a guest on this show. The person who's checking you in and out is yeah. Isaiah right here. You ever have any, like, really rude people? Oh, yeah. there were, I won't, I can't remember who it was. It was for one of our events one time, and the dude... Well, he was very, uh, not the dude Michael Benson, but <laughs> the guy that was calling in was, they, like, they were having all of these issues, and I was trying to work with them through it, and they were not happy with me, to say the least, and, uh, yeah, they let me hear it, for sure. It was an autonomous, I remember, it was an autonomous, I'm not going to name them, it was an autonomous uh, trucking company. Um, if you check their stock, maybe you've had your revenge, Isaiah. I'm always down. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dish that's served cold. Now, Frazier, before, before we let you go, what's, what's been your biggest take? Like, if you left Freightways, you walked out this door today. What's your biggest takeaway from moving out of here? Uh, definitely my biggest takeaway from working at Freightways is, like, how – I mean, I never understood supply chain or freight before I got here. I had a buddy in college. He got an internship up at Nolan Transportation Group as a freight broker, and I was like, what's a freight broker? Like, I never even heard of that position before. Uh, so I think it's just kind of, like, understanding – how much everything we talk about today influences everyone in the world around us, you know, supply chain issues. Everyone knows what that is now. Um, I think it's kind of cool to be on like the forefront of helping people understand this industry because it's a huge industry, but I think everyone who's not in it doesn't have the best understanding of it. So it's been super cool to be part of like the educational experience for all of that. My live producer's little camera shy. His name it. is, his name is Tanner. Shout out to Tanner. It's Maybe Tanner. one day we'll be able to get it. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. What if we let you wear a costume, Tanner? think i could lend him my squid games costume that's true we got those lying around hey guys thank you so much for coming on the show we really appreciate it uh michael vincent you got inspired by this being show 500 so i think that you wrote a song didn't you i did i did write a song man let's hear it here a little bit maybe maybe see oh there it is yeah Yeah, baby. Who's your 
wearing a hard hat in the green room? He looks like it. I like a hard hat. Yeah, he's weird as hell. So I know what I learned. When you're walking through a cave, or the, I, sorry, my kids will keep correcting me. The cavern, Ruby Falls. Oh, okay. And do you know what the difference between a cave and a cavern is? Uh, 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 I don't. You don't know the difference between a cave and a cavern? Maybe. I'm going to guess. No, don't. Let's, okay. let's, well, let's bring up Rooster and Super oh, okay. Trucker. You don't want me to. We got okay. back the truck up Super Trucker and Rooster. Cock-a-doodle-doo? Cock-a-doodle-doo. There we go. Woo. I said all those nice things about those guys, and they missed the queue again. Maybe at episode 1000 we'll get there. Maybe at episode 1000 we'll get the Rooster queue <laughs> on time. Now, you're wearing a hard hat, so we can throw you inside of a uh, cave or a cavern rooster. Uh, a little trivia question. We'll start with you. Do you know the difference between a cave or a cavern? Actually, I don't. I would say a cavern would be like a, a system of caves, but I'm not certain on that. Not a bad guess. How about yourself, Super Trucker? Maybe a cave has an entrance but no exit, and a cavern has uh, an entrance and exit. Ooh, very close, very close. So Ooh. I didn't, I didn't know the answer either. This is when we were down in Ruby Falls. A cave guy told me it, and he said that a cave has an entrance, so like bears, wolves, bats, all those kind of yeah, things. A yeah. cavern doesn't have an entrance, like a proper entrance, a crack like in the top of the earth or mm. drilling through it can can be it. Um, but yeah, mm. that's the big difference. So it's more like a, just a, a hole in the earth that is no entrance or exit for. <sighs> yeah, natural. I mean, I got I, it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like you're splitting hairs. You're being a little yeah, pedantic yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah, you. That's cool. Are correcting people on their cave yeah. or cavern usage all the time, but yeah, you know, feel like it, well, I, you, but I bet like geologists and stuff like that get like really pissed off if you get it wrong, right? <laughs> like, what what is your like rooster? What's your trucking pet peeve? If someone says like what in trucking, if someone says wrong, are you like I can't stand it when people do that? Uh, pet peeve about that would be probably a. Uh, Somebody uh, saying that there is a trucking shortage where there's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's your cave and cavern, right? That's it. What it's... about you, uh, Super Trucker? What, what pisses you off? When somebody says they're putting gas in their truck. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? Though, like, that's real pedantic. I know, but that, like, yeah, if, that... You're, if, you dri- if you drive, if you, I guess, if you also drive a four wheel, it's just easy to screw that one up sometimes. You know, you don't intend to. I don't think you're like willfully being ignorant about what goes into a truck. Yeah, I think most people no. know it's diesel. Can you call it petrol? Or is that no good either? Overseas, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's like mandatory. Overseas, over yeah. All right, all right. Interesting. All right. So now, you guys, you were truck drivers. You got your CDLs. You probably had to go through training, but I'm not sure if you ever had a trainer like this. Let's watch the tape and we'll discuss. Oh boy. Is how we gonna start the week off, man? You're not in the right way. You know what? I'm if you're not gonna listen. If you're not gonna listen. We'll park this.
fucked up in here, Dave. Straight up. I'm not. I'm not gonna put up with you. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I beat your ass in here. Okay. Wow, man. So, mm. all right. The first time I watched that, I, I got some anxiety. You know, I've seen it a bunch of times, so I'm a little desensitized. I've seen it like 500 times now. But first time I saw it, I'm like, wow. That, and you, know, you can hear it like in the start. And obviously these things are edited, but like the video, the way it came to me, it starts right there. And he's like, don't even get started again. So you can tell that he's been driving with this guy and he's, it sounds like he just pesters him that he's always doing the wrong thing. He's constantly getting berated yeah. by this guy yeah. and it just devolved into yeah. that. What's your read on the situation, Super Trucker? sounds like a poor trainer and a poor trainee. Mm. Uh, these are just two Ooh. super egos battling each other. Obviously, the guy is frustrated with whatever the instructor has been telling him this whole time. And maybe the instructor really isn't all that great of an instructor. Um, you really got to have, like, the patience of a saint, um, you know, with these, with these new drivers. I don't know if this guy was training to get a CDL or if he'd been on the road for a while. And this is just how he gets into the company. Um, the company I started with. They shoved three of us into a truck with a trainer at the same time, and we would just go around town. And then once you got your CDL, they put you in a truck by yourself with a, a training engineer for two weeks. And that's probably where this uh, situation arose. Wow. Wow. It's, I mean, I, I just can't believe well, that. Because we had a beat. We, if, if you heard all the beeps during that, I mean, that yeah. even devolved into <laughs> racial slurs at oh, one yeah, point. Yeah, that, yeah. Like the violence and really racial ugly. slurs are threatening with like, these guys obviously need to be separated and put in different rooms. Rooster, what, mm -hmm. what's your read on that? And have you ever had a trainer that abusive or, or have you ever abused a trainee like that? <laughs> I, uh, when I was a trainer for Warner, I actually had a trainee come to me that was off a truck her trainer uh kind of basically the same story as we saw in this video but she they got her to stay on with the company and i had to do her final week and a half of uh, what we call finishing school that you know two weeks just was talking about once they get you out of uh driving school get you into the company through orientation before they turn you loose it, it's 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 rough time because you got somebody that's real gunshot about you know making mistakes uh having to be careful how you talk to them uh you know a lot of hand holding but you know that situation right there that the that's as you can tell probably been going on for a, a couple of days and mm. uh really the trainer the trainee should have nipped that in the butt immediately they should have called the company home office and their training <clears throat> coordinator and said hey this is not going to work out this is uh devolving it's a uh, verbal abuse and you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a hair away from violence, you know, but that's a situation needs to be dealt with. Uh, uh, not only the trainer and trainees in the wrong there, uh, you know, the company itself should uh, take a little responsibility in that situation. Now, so is 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 that taken seriously? Like, will companies actually? fire a trainer or a driver because you know we cover these stories a lot and we read them a lot a lot of times when i hear like a trainer and maybe it's just because it doesn't make the news unless they punch stab or shoot each other but you do hear about those incidences and someone actually getting fired but i went uh, on the verbal side do you think that that leads it to or is there like sort of that pressure as like a man and a lot of male instructors like man up you can just take the abuse he's, he's trying to make you safe that that company needs to be uh yeah if you got a trainer that's a, a repeat offender of having a bad experience, as I know trainees, once they get off that truck, they're going to get surveyed by that company, find out how that experience went, went because the legal department is going to make sure 
that they're not having an abusive trainer out there that can, uh, situation can evolve into a nuclear verdict. But, you know, it's, it's something you need to be careful with. Well, okay. so, Justin, what was your work? You were three guys in a truck, you said, and, and driving. Did you ever have a bad experience with all these guys? Or you get along. No, actually, during the actual CDL training itself was great because we're all green. Like, we're just there to be sponges to learn everything. But once you have your CDL and now you're alone with a person you've never met before in a truck for two weeks, you know, depending on your personality and that person's personality and how well you are at dealing with handling instructions, you know, sometimes that can lead to tempers flaring up. I think by the time you're at the point where you have your CDL and you're the instructor in the truck, you shouldn't be driving the truck whatsoever. You need to let the trainee do everything and then constructively criticize and help the person improve behind the wheel. If um, they're making like dumb rookie mistakes and you rip their head off first thing, well, guess what? They're just going to, you know, if, if everything's a 10, there's no way of escalating, you know, up, up the chain. Yeah. Is there, is, does it get into a situation where maybe this guy likes to do it a certain way and the trainer likes to do it a different way, but it's really no right and wrong. It's just preference of how to do something that, I mean, I could yeah, see that, that arising. Yeah, that can that happen happens. too. I, I don't, I don't know how long this guy had been driving or how long this instructor had been, you know, instructing as well. But what usually happens at a lot of mega carriers is once you've been with that company for more than like six months or a year, they start pestering you all the time. Hey, you want to earn a couple cents more per mile? Become a trainer, become a trainer. You know, just as there is a driver shortage, there's also a driver trainer shortage uh, in these companies as well. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and if you think about it, it's like, first of all, everyone gets annoyed when someone tells them how to drive and yeah. then you're held captive mm-hmm. for two weeks straight with this other yeah. person. Yeah. And also you're a truck driver. A lot of truck drivers, unless you're like a team driver or attracted to the road because they get to be by themselves behind the wheel. They don't have to have some person sitting next to them yelling at them every two seconds they wanted that they go sit at a desk somewhere so that yeah. that makes a lot of sense but is this ever okay take a look at this video you get a shower grab me a sandwich and the truck's gone trailer's here but truck's gone my co-driver and who i like to lovingly call my trainer has abandoned me so I'm currently in a truck stop on a trailer just having my sandwich because I'm entirely sure what else I'm going to do because my trainer is gone. The truck is gone. All my is gone. I'm kind of confused. So, yeah. If anyone sees my trainer, tell him that, uh, yeah, I don't mind him. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, if you tell him, he's like, I don't even care. The guy's dead to me now. Um, that's obviously awful. But if Dave like abandoned, like, first yeah. of all, you have you ever been abandoned by Dave at the truck stop like that? Like the trainer, did he, has he ever left you? Have you heard of that? No, I, I've been in a situation uh, where I definitely wanted to leave the guy behind. Ooh, and he's ooh. also lucky that the trailer was empty because they could have been dinged for, you know, abandoning a load. Um, but also reading the comments, all the, all the guy's stuff was still in the truck. So yeah. you know, his, his co-driver left him and stole his stuff. That is awful. <laughs> a rooster, have any ever, ever been in a situation like that? What do you even do in a situation where, I guess you, do you call the trucking company where the trainer, I guess that's all you could do, right? Or do you call the police? Uh, truck company first, uh, uh, file a complaint, you know, that, that's definitely something that does not need to be happening. Uh, Call the police. Uh, you could get them involved. I don't know exactly what crime that could be, 
Uh, it's definitely like the opposite of kidnapping where, you, you know, you just held <laughs> on the road and can't get sent home, but, you know. You reverse kidnapped me, man. You took me someplace far. You were, well, isn't a, is abandonment? I mean, there's got to be some kind of abandonment laws, right? Child I mean, abandonment, but. Left uh, the trailer. That's, I, I guess so. He split it. Uh, yeah, it's an even break. Yeah, yeah, you could take the trailer back. <laughs> My phone just notified me that Matthew McConaughey said Americans need to come together in the middle on politics. So maybe, you know, drivers and well, trainees need to come together well, wow, in the middle is... on separations like that. I think you kept an obvious. Now, driving <laughs> well distracted is something that, especially in a four-wheeler, you're a truck driver, you see that all the time. But here is a truck driver holding a pair of scissors. Let's take a look at this video. What you're, what you're seeing here for the audio listeners yeah. is we're seeing this driver in his cab and he's bouncing around and it appears in his right hand, he's got a pair of scissors. Yeah. I don't know why he's holding and he's just bouncing around. He got into an accident. Ooh, there goes his bonnet. Did he lose his scissors yet? Yep. No, he's got the scissors still in his hand. I mean, he's kind of cool. He looks a little shocked and stunned at the end, but he like fixes his glasses. Maybe and, he's uh, trimming a bonsai tree. You ever do that while you're driving around, Justin? You're a your <laughs> Keeps you zen. I'm, imp- I'm impressed with how many angles they captured this on. It's like, what, six different cameras this truck had? I know. This has more cameras than our show. We're like at three cameras. These guys have <laughs> multiple cameras in there. But it's it's a good example of why companies want cameras in the trucks now because, <sighs> you know, God forbid this guy got in an accident somewhere. You know, it's going to be awful for the company but a great payday for whoever uh, he ran into yeah. listen you don't run with scissors in your hand and you don't drive a truck <laughs> with scissors in your hand it's yeah like rules right you don't yeah. run freight or run with your feet when you've got scissors that would That's exactly that would be exactly. bad now rooster you ever uh, are you're probably not going to admit to being a distracted driver but uh have you have you come across that what do you do to keep your focus on the road that may be some better advice we can give you let's yes. be some positive here yes. how do you keep people focused on the road stop fidgeting with their hands stop needing to cut crap while they're driving I'll be the first to admit I've, you know, I've been distracted by things in the truck and you no know, stuff outside the truck because going down the road. I mean, looking at a traffic sign distracts you from what's ahead of you, but you know, you're not going to get safety to admit that. But uh, make sure you get everything dealt with in the truck before you start driving. You know, uh, nothing loose lying around on the floor. Making sure all the the phones, the distractions are cut off. Uh, Make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure your truck's running all right. That way you're not distracted by, well, is this tire going to blow out? Then I need to be watching this tire. Uh, you know, just uh, make sure everything is dealt with, put put away, and taken care of before you get start driving for today. Now, this podcast here is at episode 500. Your podcast over there is getting there. It's uh, in the double digits now, I believe. Wow. What episode just Thank dropped you. today? Why should people go to backthetruckup.com and get 30 seconds? Justin. Yeah, so we talked with, um, oh, shoot, with, uh, Keith Lewis from CargoNet. Uh, great conversation. He's a retired uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation uh, officer. And uh, now he works with Cargo. He's the VP of Operations at CargoNet. Um, they're there to prevent your cargo from being stolen, but God forbid it ever happens. They try to recover uh, what they can. Uh, talked a lot of topics about, you know, what's hot cargo right now. Christmas is just around the corner, so thieves are definitely on the lookout for, you know, video game systems, electronics. Etc. So if you're carrying that, you know, keep eyes all around you. Plush Bigfoots. Don't keep that out on your car seat when you leave the vehicle, Michael Vincent. They might shatter your window. He's staying right here. He's my co-host. That's our uh, co-host. Hey, guys, thank you for being this part of What the Trucks 500 episode journey, Amen. especially on Wednesdays, Wednesdays since you joined the team. To find them, Rooster, uh, at RoosterBTU on the Twitter, at Super Trucker, at Back the Truck to follow all their stuff. You can find me at Timothy Dooner. You can find him 
at Vincent the Dude. And hey, man, it's been a, it's been a hell of a run. Hey, Mr. Morning. It's been epic, dude. I think we go for another 500, yeah? Hell yeah. Want to go right. around the lap one more time? You've convinced me. We will be back on Friday at noon Eastern time. Live. In the meantime, download the Freightways TV to watch us in live living color. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts by looking up What the Truck. What do you got to say? Don't be a stranger. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere. Thank you.